It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Trick or treat. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard here on a Tuesday. Coming up in this hour, we will look at uh, updated odds in the awards market in the National Football League. There was a big mover last night. During and after Monday Night Football, Paul Stone on the program in 30 minutes. We'll get three of his best bets. And uh, we'll go over his top five or top six teams in his power ratings as well, Paulie, because today is also the trade deadline in the NFL. We will keep you abreast if any breaking news happens this morning. And tonight we get the first edition of the College Football Committee's playoff show. And uh, we can tie in a couple of sets of power ratings here along with what we think is going to happen tonight. And right, there's a difference, okay? Because when, you, when somebody's doing power ratings, it's just it's all numbers-based, and it's going to spit out a power rating, and it's going to be in any order from 1 through 133 in college football. Well, you don't go on power ratings with the committee show, and that's not how they pick. If that's how they did it, okay, that'd be a lot easier, but that's not how they do the process here. That's not how they do the selections so there's a total difference here. They look at what the teams have done this year and their overall resume. I, I just I'm curious tonight if you could bet on this stuff. Like who is going to be the number one overall seed? To me, it's going to come down to Georgia and Ohio State. And I wonder how much stock they put into the Bulldogs being the two-time champs compared to what Ohio State's resume looks like this year. They can't do that. That should be irrelevant. Last year was last year. Two years ago was two years ago. It's this year now. And their best win is what Kentucky. Who's lost three in a row now? A five and three team is their best win. So to me, it's got to be the Buckeyes, who went to Wisconsin and won. You know, about their quarterback, they're not. Allen got hurt too, but still, uh, tough place to play. Beat Penn State, top fifteen team, and went to Notre Dame and won. Tough place to play. So to me, it's got to be Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan's. You know, it's much like Georgia, Michigan's awesome, but again, you have to factor in the schedule. But at least Georgia's played a more difficult schedule than Michigan. And then you got Florida State, Washington, and then that goes on and on. Maybe they penalize Michigan and say your non-conference was laughable. And shame on you for not playing anybody. Sure. And they dock them. Who knows? And then another thing, I can't wait to talk to Brett McMurphy. I don't think it'll matter, but how do you judge this, uh, you know, with, with the controversy and everything going on with the program, too, if that'll be used against them? And, you know, Harbaugh had to be asked, uh, asked about the uh, contract that was pulled in the report, which he denied as well. So uh, you know, the, all their big games are coming up, and they go to Penn State and they have Ohio State at home. But, again, the non-conference was laughable and shame on Michigan. I, I do think that one of the first, if they have enough time tonight, one of the questions that will be asked to the committee chair is going to be exactly what you just brought up. Did you put any stock at all into the off-the-field problems or actually, you can tie it in. I mean, it's actually what's going on on the field, too. The spy gate, if you want to call it whatever. 
Did you guys consider that at all with Michigan? I think that's going to be one of the questions asked tonight, if they have enough time with the committee chair. So I, you're right. If I had to bet on the stuff tonight, I would, depending on the, I would bet on Ohio State being number one, slightly, ahead of Georgia. And after that, I got to tell you, it gets interesting because I, I, the next three teams in any order are going to be Michigan, Washington, and Florida State. Now, where do they put Michigan? Yep. Because they're number one in the polls. Um, they have been. But they don't have a quality win. When their best win, UNLV is a great story this year. If that's seriously their best win. Yeah, what was the line? 35? Yeah, I exactly. Right. Off the top of my head. So, right, yeah. And then, so what if it comes down, let's say that Michigan is number four or five on the list. Do you have Florida State or Washington higher yeah. at this point? Because Florida State, that second half against LSU was phenomenal. I get it. LSU, they have two losses overall. And Washington is undefeated as well. Do they look at the win against Oregon at home as a better win than LSU losing on a neutral to Florida State? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's that's... Mm. People are waiting for Florida State to lose. It's not happening. And to get the LSU win and to go to Clemson and win, I know they have their issues, but still a tough place to play. Other people pointing out they didn't play well. Uh, you know, we've done it. They should have lost the game, but still... Uh, Florida State's going to be high up there as well. You know, going, you, you don't know what's going to, they're probably going to say we don't factor in the Michigan thing, but behind closed doors, who knows? Because they're right. human beings. That's the other thing about this. Last year, they contradicted themselves nonstop. There was no rhyme or reason or consistency, and you're going to have this because you put them in a tough spot doing this weekly show every week. And again, this is not a playoff, it's an invitational. A playoff has set criteria. This is just, you know, week to week, and uh, we just think this is a better win and this is a better loss. Yeah, it changes year to year. Oh, it's really Is it who has the best win or who has the best loss? I mean, you know, how how will it play? It is. It's three-card money at Times Square what this is. Yeah, there's no structure in place here. Yes. They've never told you, like, two losses, forget about it, you have no chance. They've never said that a one-loss team with an awesome resume has a chance over an undefeated Power 5 team with not not as good of a resume. They've never said anything. And they, they, they put some stock into these conference, a lot of stock into these conference championship games, which I've said for years is get rid of them. And I know they never will because it's such a money grab, but there's no reason to have the conference title games at all. There's no, it's pointless um, other than just the money um, on top of it. So, man, if they consider resume this year alone, I don't think they get a Michigan in the top four because they don't have a win that's anywhere close what Florida State or Washington nope. has right now. And then also, nope. like, what, what are their views on overall strength of conference? Because I think this year we can mostly agree, right, that the Pac-12 is the best it's ever been and the best conference in college football. And then it drops off, and then it goes SEC probably. They better say that tonight. I would hope so. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. And Look it, what they did in the non-conference. They went, what, 19-2 and two in the non-conference? And they so won it, all their big right. games? And if that's the case, then, and do they project forward at all? If so, then Washington probably needs to be number three tonight. Yep. And I don't know if they will be. Currently six teams ranked in the Pac-12. Uh, with the, in the polls, you know, I also want to see the, the the one loss pecking order is very important. How they're going to do this with Texas, Alabama, Oregon, Oklahoma? Not only lost, but they look like trash. That's that's one yeah, thing that's going to yeah, hurt them. They're but losing again, by the way. Yeah, but so. Sark's right. I mean, Texas has an unbelievable win. What are they? Fifty three and one their last fifty four home games. So it's an incredible win by Texas, and they dropped thirty four on them. Um, boy, if Texas beat Oklahoma, they were still sitting pretty because you could excuse a loss if they had one. Just yeah. saying, hey, you didn't have your quarterback. So, yeah. um, But I want to see that pecking order tonight, too, and, well, here, and, see what, and see what they have to say. Here's the problem. I think it's pretty clear that the two best conferences in college football are the Pac-12 and the SEC. After that, the, the Big 12 is no good. And the Big Ten is, oh boy. The, 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 the Big Ten beyond the top three teams That's right. is awful. It is. It's a terrible conference if you remove the powers. I know you can't do that, but who are they playing on a week-in, week-out basis? There is not, I've, I've always hated this nonsense about the weekly grind the SEC has used for two decades. I've said and I've urged every conference to say the same exact thing. There is no grind in the Big Ten. Those teams in the West are as bad as it gets for a Power Five conference. And then basically beyond the top three, like I talked about, it's the same thing on the east side. The ACC, who's good besides Florida State? Look at North Carolina lately. Um, Nobody thinks Louisville is any good. Clemson and that guy's the head coach, they completely stink. Um, 
Miami, the same exact thing. I don't think the ACC is good. I think the Big 12 sucks. And I think the Big 10 is right there with both of them. Outside of the very, very top teams. The cream of the crop, Mean Gene. Um, So it's it's just like, will they put... I I hope they actually express that tonight on TV. They have to. It's a must. But when you compare like what we're thinking now in this year's resumes to power ratings... Adam Burke, vcin.com, available for you to look at every single week. His power ratings are one through four, Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Oregon. Kenny White, his power ratings. They look a lot different. Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, that's one through three. He's got a tie for fourth with Oregon, Penn State, and LSU. Jeez, the LSU, come on, guys, the LSU stuff. I'm, you got you to stop somebody at one, some point. Uh, I just, I mean, can't, I, this is way too much respect, not only in the game Saturday, but in the power ratings. I think it's... Your defense is horrendous. I think their offense is so elite All that right. the offensive numbers will outweigh a lot of the defensive stuff. A couple things. Now, the, the win last week, they were impressive and they looked awesome. That also helps them in what they did against Kentucky. Although when it's all said and done, Kentucky might have five or six losses. I expect them to. But remember what they did to Florida State. You can't, well, Florida State defending champs. I mean, they docked them. They went undefeated defending champs, and they were still in the in yeah. the 2-3 game in the playoff because of, you know, they, were, they were pulling out games every single week in the fourth quarter. But still, you, you almost lost to Auburn. You couldn't stop the rushing attack. You weren't impressing against Vandy, and you were trailing against South Carolina before winning 24-14. to So I would have it Ohio State. I think this is what they do. They go Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. You think that's what they're going to do? That's what I think they'll do. I just I don't know if they can have. I don't think they can have Florida State and Washington behind Michigan. Both teams are going to be behind Michigan. Yeah. Well, I hope you're right, but that's. Uh, oh man. I mean, I want they should send up. They've done that before. They should really say, guys, this is ridiculous. I mean, you got to go out and challenge yourself here, and and what these other programs at least. I have a major problem with their schedule to this day. You can do the same thing with Georgia, though. I mean, how bad is their non-conference? It's laughable. Yeah, you shouldn't have this type of non-conference schedule. Well, and what, here's the thing, played? right? They Michigan can earn their way to the number one seed overall because of who they have left to play. Right? I mean, if they beat Penn State on the road and beat Ohio yeah, State, okay, then up. they're going to have a strong right. case for number one overall. Yeah. And Georgia's next three opponents are ranked, but they play Tennessee, Martin, Ball State, and UAB. Right, so Michigan can leap some of these teams, but I'm saying year to date, I, I, you can't justify Michigan ahead of either of those two, two teams. I don't know. If they do, it's name brand, and they're... Uh, Florida State's yeah. a pretty big name brand, though, I guess. Oh, if I hear I test. Oh! If I hear that crap tonight. Yeah. Oh. Don't give me that's that's such nonsense. Buckle up. You never know what the hell's gonna come out of their mouths. Up next, we'll discuss updated NFL awards. And uh, there was a huge mover last night during Monday Night Football. We'll tell you who next. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Welcome in. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Happy Halloween. We take this uh, stuff seriously here on the show. Paulie did a great job today. Very creative. A deep dive as Bobby Petrino when he got hurt in that motorcycle accident as the head coach at Arkansas. <laughs> he got the Arkansas football hoodie on. Show up at the press conference and explain what happened, but, you know, not... Uh Telling the truth about who was on the bike yeah. with him. The and neck came, brace. Came back to bite him. Sure. The face full of blood. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. You found the yeah. the hat that he was wearing somehow. The Allstate Sugar Bowl hat. Yes. Can't believe it. Was that just, you didn't have that. Was it Amazon? No, it went on, yeah, it went online. And so I can't believe it. You found it. that same exact. Yeah. Can't believe it. That's I'm, incredible. I, I was stunned when I saw it. When I looked at it, I go, there it is. Sugar Bowl hat. Allstate Sugar Bowl. Send yeah. it to me. Six bucks. Yeah, we, uh, we have a uh, young group of guys that work on the show. So, by the way, when I was like kind of bashing Gen Zers last week, I didn't mean it about <laughs> these guys. Yeah. They're awesome at their jobs. They really are. Oh, you're just reading someone else's opinion. It's okay. Sure. Uh, we have like six guys on the show. I think two of them maybe uh, knew who I was today. Uh, I mean, Macho Man's also very outdated. Um, you know, he stopped... First of all, sad day when he passed away. Yeah, we lost him. Yeah. L- love that guy uh, so much when we were young growing up. But th- I-, I really wanted to try to do the voice today multiple times, but it's just you get Saturday night at the, at the Boston Garden Mean Gene, Tito Santana. Oh, yeah. I just you got to go so deep and so gravelly that it just it's my throat's going to be bloody. But the guy I was watching so mm. many videos over the last week. What an entertaining guy. Phenomenal. Oh, oh, they're so talented. Cena, The Rock, these guys, whether all that stuff they would have memorized, ad lib, whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know, some of it was uh, chemically induced, um, but the creativity and maybe the bottle of courage as well, liquid courage. Mm. They're off the charts with these. Look what The Rock turned into. Oh, no kidding. Who thought that was possible? And, and Cena and, and Hulk Hogan. I argue Hulk Hogan. Was the the biggest athlete in the mid '80s, most popular, the biggest celebrity? But yeah, Jordan, was, yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson. But then, but Jordan wasn't Jordan yet. Yeah, okay. We were still getting into Michael Jordan. The NBA was just coming out of their issues, and Magic and Bird were saving the league. Hulk Hogan was enormous. Oh, he was gigantic uh, in the mid '80s. What what they were doing? So you know what these guys? And I'm sure I'm left missing left uh, Once missing he did people Rocky. out. But that's yeah, that too, right? But what these guys are able to accomplish and how talented they are with their interviews and going out there in the ring. Incredible job. And and the punishment that they take, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Look at Mick Incredible. Foley. Yes, right. Okay, so updated odds now after uh, week number eight in the National Football League. Tua clinging to the shortest shot on the board for the MVP. I think that makes some sense, right? Because uh, he was really good again this past week, and Mahomes did absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, Tua is 3-1. to one. Jalen Hurts had a really good week. He's live, no doubt, 4-1. to one. Mahomes sitting at 4-1. to one. 
Lamar Jackson plus 550. He's live Bingo. in my opinion. Bingo. Yep. There you go. Here's your big boy. Because Tua, and it starts Sunday, you can't win the MVP if you can't win these big games. And they haven't done it in two years. Chiefs coming up. Jets game on Black Friday. Dallas at home on Christmas Eve. You go to Baltimore, New Year's Eve. You played Buffalo and got humiliated. You can't win it. I'm so, I'm shocked at the odds. You can't win it until you win some of these games. And and who, should, who, who do you think should be the front runner? That, that's a tough call. Uh, but I think Tua should be as of right still, now. Still okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's. What if I'll tell you right now? If Baltimore, <laughs> let me tell you something, brother. Okay. If Baltimore is able to win Sunday against Seattle and Jackson's impressive again and Tua loses and isn't impressive, I think we have a new favorite. And I, I think it I should disagree. be that way. I mean, the guy's putting up great numbers. You know, you still had to you have to consider the new offensive coordinator and new system. And and all you have to fact you have to factor in all the drops and these guys letting them down because you know, they should be think, undefeated. And you could say it, you could blame him for what happened in the home loss against the Colts and the elements. But the the wide receivers let him down. They sh- that's two hundred yards they dropped and multiple touchdowns in the Steeler game. I actually do believe that uh, not all, but some voters do take into account advanced metrics and stats like that, and fa- basically facts. Right, that game against the Steelers would have been a forty point outburst for the Ravens' offense. Had that happened, they'd be seven and one, and his numbers would be incredible. Right now, he probably would be the frontrunner. I-, I don't think voters will ignore something like that. Maybe some, but not all. Um, down the board, look, I mean, I was making the case a couple of weeks ago for Jared Goff. The pick sixes now are just, uh, he's done. You can draw a line through him. I wonder if Trevor Lawrence is still alive. Ah, too early. You're too early with that. No, no, I'm not saying I'm I'm not even telling you right now to make a bet. I'm not telling you that I'm going to bet him. I'm wondering if that team can somehow... Paul, they're six and two. Yeah, you're higher on them than I am. No, he's he's they're going to win a lot of games and he can put up ridiculous numbers. And that's I, I'm telling you, they're not going to give it to Mahomes every year. They can't. And uh, I guess if he could still put up ridiculous numbers and they get the one seed, okay. But you know these wide receivers aren't helping them out, and it, it's been ugly here the last couple of weeks, at least by their high standards that they set. Um, you know, Lawrence is is intriguing because they're going they could win a lot of games too. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. that's. Uh, but they also spread it around, though. You know, how many – and he was bad early in the season. Yeah, but also – yeah. You're right. It's, I'm split. I'm a captain obvious here. There's a lot of games left. That Chiefs game, that's, yeah. a, that's a winnable game for Jacksonville. Again, I'll say what we just yeah. said about Lamar. He had a ton of drops in that game. Yeah, right. His receivers did not help him out. Again, I, he's not worth a bet, in my opinion. I'm not going to bet him. I'm not telling you that you should – I just I want if that team wins 12, 13 games and his numbers start to pick up, maybe he'll make a run for it. Is McCaffrey had two more touchdowns, but are we going to say no way running back and now they've lost three straight? Again, twenty five yeah. touchdowns on a eleven win team, twelve win team is going to look impressive. Yeah, the Purdy the Purdy thing's coming down hard now. People have to relax on Purdy, and he's playing with a concussion. And the other thing is, well, the people were right about this last year, the luck factor last year. Those balls were right there, and DBs were dropping them. Now they're holding on to them. Yeah. And now a guy who didn't wasn't turning the ball over, and why he didn't lose a game? Well, now you see. I mean, the the interception uh, in the red zone was horrendous against Cincinnati. So now it's like, and he was concussed against the Vikings, and then d- certainly hit his head again. Oh. No one talked about it. Hit his head again on the field against the Bengals, and then had some some more poor throws. But well, people were actually tweeting us saying it looks like Purdy the the concussion here. Is still like around, still know, lingering yeah. in the second half, the way that he was playing. Sure, sure. So, um, there but, you go with the MVP. Yeah, it's hard though with the running back position to answer your first question. Yeah, uh, right. offensive player of the year, uh-huh. AJ Brown now has dropped significantly. Why would he not? That's now six straight games with 125 plus yards, and uh, two more touchdowns for him. He's making a run at Tyreek Hill and McCaffrey for that award, and then the rookie of the year last night is the the award that we talked about that dropped significantly. And I know that. Uh, when books were going to reopen this market, the, the numbers on Will Levis were going to be long gone. He was 200 to 1 before he got named the starting quarterback for the Titans this last week. Then he goes out, throws four INTs. It looked good. It did not look like a fluke at all with him. And now books reopened. I, on Sunday, DK had 50 to 1, but they've reopened at like, uh, you know, in the 30 to 35 to 1 range on Will Levis. Uh, but but Gibbs is the guy that I was talking about. 
Uh, he was the, the number one guy I went to war with before the season started. I loved a lot about this Lions team. I thought they were going to have an elite offense and win a lot of games. And the way they were talking, he was going to be a focal uh, part of the offense, right? Well, then we saw how it played out, and he really wasn't. They were slowly bringing him along, and the focus was all on David Montgomery, who they you know brought in during the offseason. Well, now with M- Montgomery's injuries, look at Gibbs the last two weeks. The guy nearly had 200 yards of offense last night, got in the end zone again. That's back-to-back weeks where he has completely shined. He plummeted. He's now the third shot on the board behind C.J. Stroud, Puka Nakua. And then there's Gibbs. He's ahead of Bijan now. Bam. He's, so he's live all of a sudden, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He has to be. Yes. Yeah. They're going to score points. He's going to put up stats there if they use them correctly, right? What I a- wouldn't count out Zay Flowers. I don't think he can put up big numbers. And, and how many targets he gets. And, and that, that's another guy. I mean, he, he dropped at least 100 yards in that Steeler game, what he had. Yeah, true. His first drive, and then the bomb where he fell. Well, he didn't drop it. He fell down. He was wide open, too. So he's going to put up numbers every week. So I, And I also, to tie it in, I hope we see something today. Don't be afraid to make some moves. Now, apparently, yeah. everything it looked like we were going to see some movement, and it could be chaos, but now it's uh, been quiet. So, I mean, I mean, there there was a report. I don't know who to believe, and you'd see the fake check marks and the accounts and whatever. But one guy who covers the league said, according to him, it was a done deal that the, that the Henry was going to the Ravens, but the uh, ownership stepped in and put the kibosh on it. So imagine if that happened. Then they that makes sense where they said no. Then they went to him and said, we're not going to trade you. Oh, but boy. imagine if that would have got done. You oh, imagine, that shakes up the AFC. Well, Ooh. and then Sal Pal was on with us last week. You imagine Derrick Henry on Baltimore, Philadelphia? Right. No kidding. And wow. especially with the Gainwell news. You can't be right. DMing people going back and forth with fans at halftime because you fumbled. Come on, get your head in the game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, so I, I do think the offensive rookie of the year is open still. I really do. It's too bad Achan got hurt. Yes. With what he was doing. Uh, Paul Stone's going to join the program coming to our next professional sports better. We'll get three of his best bets for this weekend in college football and also kick around like his top five or top six power-rated teams in college football looking at the uh, preview show that comes up tonight. This is Follow the Money on v Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sport, sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. That's enormous. Check the leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, who has the hot hand, pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, Halloween videos. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Everything we do through May 1st for $120. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Professional sports better Paul Stone joins the program now. He's on X at Paul Stone Sports. That's the name of his podcast as well. Paul, good morning. How are you today? Oh, man, just a beautiful, cool morning here in the eastern part of Texas. And got to give kudos to you guys, man. Y'all uh, y'all always deliver on 1031. Uh, didn't expect to see the macho man and Bobby P this morning in studio. <laughs> uh-huh. Thank you, sir. Yeah. What if Bobby P... Doesn't get in the motorcycle accident. What happens then? Man, there's no telling. I don't think he would be, not that it's a bad job, but I don't think he would be offensive coordinator at Texas A&M no. right now. I think he'd be a, a head coach at a Power 5 school, and the trajectory that he was on, you know, who knows, man. He was he was really he was a hot commodity, and that, uh, that set him back. So be sure and take your safety course and keep your, keep your motorcycle upright. Yeah. Oh. Okay, before we get into some of your bets for the weekend, we were kicking around some power ratings and comparing them to like what the committee might do tonight. What, what does your top five, top six look like right now in your power ratings, Paul? Yeah, these are power ratings, you know, to rankings to be clear, not, uh, not what I would do necessarily if I was a, a committee member. Uh-huh. But I, I've got Michigan number one. They've obviously played a, a weak schedule, but I've got them number one. You guys were talking about the Oregon Ducks earlier. If anybody's got Oregon number one in their power rankings, I cannot qualm with that. The Ducks, you know, they're just they're tremendous. They're they're balanced on both sides of the ball. I've got them number two, Georgia three, Ohio State four, uh, Washington five, and Florida State six is how my power ratings currently are, are rated. Okay, very good. I can't wait to see how they're going to rank them tonight on that uh, first show of the year. Here you go with some of your picks. Let's begin in the Big 12. 
I had this game circled a while back. I knew I was going to enter this week wanting to bet the number if it was right with Oklahoma State and the Cowboys at home against Oklahoma with the form that the Sooners have been in. Uh, losing the game does not help my case here. I don't think I'd rather have Oklahoma win the game last week, but maybe it doesn't matter. How do you want to approach Oklahoma lane six against the Cowboys? I'll tell you, like him, love him, or loathe him. You know, in my mind, one thing's for certain. <laughs> Mike Gundy, that guy can coach some college football. You know, he's one of those guys who gets more out of less, as I like to say. You know, not that he doesn't get any, you know, talented players. He certainly does. But he does have to heavily build his program on players who in many cases weren't recruited heavily by the likes of Texas, Texas A&M, uh, and even in-state Oklahoma, for that matter. To this point, you look at Oklahoma State's eight-game resume, it's been a tale of two seasons, so to speak. They hit a low point back in week three, got drubbed at home 33-7 to by Sunbelt member South Alabama. They followed that then by losing their conference opener at Iowa State. Next came an early season bye, the final Saturday in September. And since that bye, Oklahoma State's been a different team. They won, not only won all four of their games in October, but they covered all four of their games in October. Three of those victories came as the betting underdog. Obviously, much of that success based on running back Ollie Gordon II, a guy who's uh, pretty close to me uh, outside of, of Fort Worth, went to Ulysses Trinity High School there. He's rushed for 553 yards in his last two games, almost 1,000 yards in his last five games. They are running the football effectively behind Gordon. And Boone Pickens Stadium, you know, it is among college football's most underrated venues. Those students are right there on top of the opposing bench. They pound those uh, paddles on the stadium the entire game. This is the final edition of Bedlam, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. The Sooners not exactly coming in. On a high note, uh, lost last week, obviously, at Kansas. Almost uh, went to overtime against Central Florida. Needed plus three in the turnovers to defeat Texas. I like Oklahoma State, who is nine and four as a home underdog since 2013, plus the six points. Very good, sir. Is this all based on letdown here? It was a literal tear down the goalpost game for Kansas. They put it in the lake, uh, what the fans did after the win, and now on the road against Iowa State. How do you see it? Yeah, Paul, I mean, that's what it's about. This is it's not too sophisticated here. I have one steadfast rule, though, Paulie, when it comes to betting college football, and I never stray from this rule, if a team defeats another team for the first time in over 25 years, yeah. and then that team's fans not only storm the field, but tear down the goalpost, and then those same fans carry those goalposts out of the stadium, and as you indicated, ultimately drop them into Potter Lake, uh-huh then I always, I mean always, bet against that team the following week. So, uh, you know, this is just a a, a difficult spot for Kansas. Obviously, I just described the Kansas Jayhawks. They defeat, upset, sixth-ranked Oklahoma, scored a touchdown, did Kansas in the game's final minute, beat the Sooners for the first time since 1997. Now they've got to physically and, more importantly, mentally reload and travel to Ames, Iowa. Uh, to play an Iowa State team that has endured uh, quite a bit this season. You know, they endured an early season scandal. They've steadied the ship. They're now, it's kind of hard to believe, but they're in a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12 with the 4-1 league record. They've won three straight conference games, all by double digits. It's a small sample size, but Kansas, they haven't been the same team away from Lawrence. They lost two games in conference on the road to Texas and Oklahoma State. And then back in the early season, I think it was week three, they only beat Nevada 31-24 in Reno. That game was tied at 24 with 10 minutes to go. Jalen Daniels actually played in that game. I don't think he's going to play against Iowa State, though. I like Iowa State minus two and a half over Kansas. Very good. Follow the money, Paulie and Mitch Vieson, the Sports Betting Network. Paul Stone, our guest, the Paul Stone Sports on Twitter and the podcast as well, and the website. Uh, you know, I know you sold, sold your lucrative business. You have some time on your hands. Dabo says you can have the job uh, after you went after that caller last night on his uh, radio show. What say you now with Clemson and Notre Dame? I mean, this was supposed to be one of the biggest games of the season. Now it's like, oh, by the way, uh, what do you want to do here with this game? Yeah, that was interesting. I think Clemson six and six maybe in their last twelve games, and uh, 
Dabo's obviously uh, feeling a little bit of pressure, and he uh, he took it to the caller last night. So that was that was interesting. But looking at the total here, forty five in this Notre Dame Clemson game there in Death Valley on Saturday. First of all, both these teams very good defensively. They both rank among the nation's top fifteen in opponents yards per play. Clemson only allows four point four yards per play. Notre Dame four point five yards per play. When you look at their offensive scoring averages, Notre Dame does average 36 points a game, which ranks them pretty high nationally. Clemson only 23.4 points per game. But you look at the Irish's average of 36 points per game, heavily skewed by the 106 points uh, they've scored in their last two games. A few weeks back, only 251 total yards, 13 first downs against USC. But they scored 48 points, uh, thanks in large part to those turnovers, five turnovers by the Trojans, uh, three of those being interceptions by Caleb Williams. And then this past Saturday against Pittsburgh, the Irish erupted for 58 points. But again, they benefited from five turnovers, scored three non-offensive touchdowns. So uh, a little bit skewed there again, their offensive scoring average. More importantly, though, both teams' offense is likely to be without top offensive performers. For Notre Dame, tight end Mitchell Evans, a guy who had clearly emerged as uh, Sam Hartman's top receiver, torn ACL. He's out for the year. Will Shipley likely to miss the game as well. For Clemson, I like the under 45 in Notre Dame-Clemson. Very good. You can follow Paul on X. He is at Paul Stone Sports, and his podcast is called the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Halloween, sir. Good luck this week. Hey, great job as always to you guys, and have a great weekend. Back at you. Well done, sir. I'll ask Brett McMurphy about that coming up. That was, uh, the kid's losing his mind. Now, the caller got personal, which you shouldn't do. But I can't believe they let the caller go off for like three minutes. Your hires are terrible. You make 11. He made some good points, though. I mean, you make 11 million a year, you might lose six games. Did the oh. so. Did the caller say if it wasn't for Lawrence and Watson, you'd, there be, you no, go. you'd be nothing? So that a lot of Clemson fans now are, are holding that against them, and I don't blame them. Like, well, number one, you don't have Venables as your defensive coordinator. You've been exposed. And you don't have NFL quarterback. You've been exposed. So, I mean, this is just how horrific this looks now between what he makes, the hires, and now it's like between the, the bandwagons too full, and now you can have the job. Go ahead and apply. Four and four with Notre Dame, North Carolina, and South Carolina coming up. Yeah. And since they lost to LSU and got boat raced in the title game, 10 wins, 10 wins, 11 and three. Well, well, as Paul said, yeah. six and six last 12 games. Uh, yeah, that's right. No semblance of an offense. Yep, that's the big thing. No creativity. Scheme stinks. I will say this. Klubnik was a five-star kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a Heisman hopeful no, no, before but, the season started. But, but won't go in the portal and hates it. Remember, he no, said, no. I, I'll quit if the kids get paid. Sure. Flat out said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Christopher Russo. <laughs> we do have a game four tonight in the World Series we'll discuss yeah. next. Hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. All customers get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use promo code FOLLOW. FOLLOW when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Great props. Great menu. Fabulous creativity. And another loaded night. Not so much NBA, NHL, but you got football again. The Maction's back. Toledo's playing. Always something going on in the world of sports, and we get the first rankings tonight. Yeah, we made a big deal out of the uh, sports equinox yesterday, and there was a uh, four-team show parlay here on Vsin. Our leg of the parlay, uh, we had a hockey game involved last night. It was the Carolina game. We said over six. It's 2-1 first period. I know. It's yeah. dead. Ticket dies. Yeah, ridiculous. Five goals overall. So that parlay, we apologize, lost for you who uh, for those of you who were betting that last night on DraftKings, but we appreciate them incorporating the shows here in the network on their app and on their website to putting up a parlay like that. Um, tonight, I, I don't know, like last night overall, you're right, tonight's awesome. But last night, again, like how do you, as one person, I've, I'm staying here at Circa. It's the biggest sports book in the world. How many? They must have like 25 TVs on a night like last night. It's borderline impossible to keep up with everything that's going on. No, you can't. You can't. It's, you just got to. You got to select nope. the games that you want to pay attention to, and maybe live bet or yeah. attack before they start, and then that's it. You know, another thing, as we're watching the game Sunday, they've got to cut this out. This nine games early, you, you can't keep up. Kate, to your point, we're trying to watch nine NFL games at the same time. Impossible. And also, uh, where it happens to you know, where we were watching, they had the Eagle game on far right. I mean, you can't, it's hard to even see what's going on when, when it's that far on that TV. So the NFL, they're doing a better job coming up, but to what you saw last night and just on a simple Sunday in the NFL, mm-hmm. chaos, too much well, going on. We but like- the, but not, nine at the same time is ridiculous. But also last night, yeah, World Series, all the NBA oh. games, the Monday night football, plethora of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so tonight we do have Game Four of the World Series. I feel like, um, as predicted, this really got buried this week with everything well, that's going see, on. Did you see Game One, lowest of all time? I did not. Yeah, was w- it really worse than the pandemic? Yeah. Oh, and it was a fr- Friday night, of course, but yeah. it was a great game with the epic comeback. I know, but you yeah. got every. You're up against it. You're up against. I mean, Arizona doesn't even care. We didn't say this on air. Lou Vitacaro sent this in. About That's Mike, right. didn't That's Mike right. Paul make a comment about no Arizona money? Right, because it's a quick drive over to right. Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. not going to see yeah. any Arizona money. Lou's at right. All. There's everyone's a transplant. There is no Arizona money. Uh-huh. So and we talked about Game Three against the Phillies. The get-in price was six dollars. So between the two markets, you know, in Texas, it's all about football. But a Friday night, you're up against Halloween, and you're drawn dead. Yeah. So I have no feel tonight, no read. No, I, it's uh, a tough one for which me. Which I guess, when in doubt, just take Texas on the road where they're 9-0, and but Haney and Manaply going against it in a bull, bullpen game. So 
Yeah, it's, it. it's tough. I mean, this is you're right. It should be two one Arizona after blowing game one, but uh, great job by the the pitching staff and Scherzer. Then he gets hurt, and then you come in with Gray and they shut him down. And I thought maybe Chapman was going to blow it, so did but I. he gets the double play ball, which was enormous. And and now what do you have with Garcia? I mean, it doesn't didn't look good with the oblique. No. Nope. So left in street clothes, and I, I you know I'm speculating, but I don't think he plays tonight. So it, it, it would be like true Rangers fashion to win this game tonight, to go to 10-0 on the road like you talked about. But yeah. then to flip it, would it not be like, okay, Diamondbacks aren't dead? I mean, again, as a reminder here, they swept the Brewers when it was a bad matchup for them on paper. They then absolutely obliterated the Dodgers, swept them, and then down three games to two going back to Philadelphia, the best home field yep. advantage you're ever going to see, the loudest crowd, the be- best atmosphere in any sport, no problem. Took care of business. Yeah. It's like they could lose this game tonight, and I think it would be a mistake because then, like, writing them off saying series is over with. Are we sure? Because it would be Gallon coming back the next game, and then I tell you, Merrill Kelly, I know Corey Seager has to be odds on to win the award. If they can claw back into this series and Merrill Kelly's great again, I wouldn't write him off. If they would win, they have to win the series, so he's up against it at this point, obviously. But what do, do we pitch around Seager at this point? Batting second, do we treat him like we sh- like teams should have yeah. treated Jordan Alvarez? Especially if Garcia's out, yeah. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, he's dialed in. Then you have the Game 7 element. Who's going to pitch uh, in Game 7 for Texas? I guess it'll be John Gray, but that didn't look good for Scherzer, and he's probably done after what happened with the back spasm. Yeah. So that's, uh, God, he's battled through everything this year with all the injuries. He really has. Gets hurt, comes back, but it's just an improbable World Series. How bad the, both teams were in August. Oh, hence like the exact the exact uh, yep. odds. Yep. Not that long ago, I mean, here at October second at Circa, we're talking about four hundred and fifteen to one odds for these teams to. I think it was what Diamondbacks over the Rangers at that point. Do you like anything in college football tonight? Nothing stands out. Namak. No. Okay. No, I can't get there with Toledo. They're much the best. Oh, but they're laying a huge who, number. No one loses more games as a double digit favorite than this guy, Candle, with uh, Toledo's head coach. So I can't get there. Is he worse and than what Clay Helton was? I believe he is. Well, is That's he, a good is question really? for Brad Powers tomorrow, though. But, uh, yeah, it's bad. Or Thursday, yes. Yeah. All right. And then we have three games in the NBA tonight. And, again, like this number, DraftKings made a look-ahead number for this game on Friday, and they made the Cavaliers a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Well, now on game day, it's completely flipped, and the Knicks are favored in the game. It's a rematch of the playoff series that did not go well at all for the Cavaliers last year. What was it, a five-game series? And it was uh, uglier than that, and they couldn't score. And so they had a really nice offseason, uh, bringing in a bunch of other you know, new talent, sure. stuff that they needed, right? Three-point shooters. and now, t- it, But they're underdogs in this game tonight. Now, at home. And both teams off to kind of a, well, it's, it's very early, but off to a poor start so far on the year. Well, the, the, the back-to-backs have hit both teams, and then who's in, who's out, and then the opening night, game when the Knicks lost a thriller to the Celtics mm-hmm. too so uh, I mean you would you think if ever, if everyone's out there that's one thing but I don't know what if that's going to be the case for the Cavs but you have to have this one circled with how you went out got embarrassed got beaten five games Allen says the lights were too bright uh, couldn't make a shot you addressed that as you mentioned in the offseason so I like both teams this year I mean you could make the argument the Knicks are the third best team in the east when everyone plays you could do that now in light of what's going on in Philadelphia so Brunson is just awesome I mean, who saw this coming? Uh, the guy is, is so good. Um, but that this is this is a big opportunity here for the Cavs. But then again, you just say, well, whoop de damn do we don't have anybody. You know, with, with what uh, Mitchell's dealing with, uh, w- whether it was uh, load management or a hammy, uh, illness. You know, injury, illness, who knows what's going on. Uh, Garland, also uh, Mobley. So, yeah, it's, it's the NBA. It's early in the morning. It's tough. I'll, I'll push back on the Knicks being the third-best team in the East. You still have the Sixers? Yeah. Can they go four then? Can they be better than the Heat? Well, uh, well, there's regular season Miami, and then there's I know. wake me up on the playoff start Miami. So. A couple of things that you uh, have to consider, right? I think this could be addition by subtraction by the 76ers trading James Harden. We are already seeing the leap being made from Tyrese Maxey, yep. as predicted by many. He's down to 2-1 to one at DraftKings to win most improved player. And Tom Habistro, who we had on last week to preview a little bit of the season, had a great write-up saying that Maxey, well, basically pointing out how he's playing out of his mind. 
and he thinks Maxi needs to turn into like Steph Curry from 10 years ago and take Habistro wants him to take 15 threes a game. I'm not joking. He wrote that. So you, you might think that sounds crazy, but he shoots like, I think it's like 47% right now. The guy is awesome. And that one, two combo now, and it's not just those two guys for the 76ers. That's the two best players on the team for sure. But I think this, and I do have some concerns here about the Bucks defense. Like I don't think they ah, play defense. Yeah, I think it's a. I think they're bad on that side of the ball, on that side of the court. So something to monitor. Last night they, event that was a push, right? But last night, well, closing number. Yeah, on the closing number. They yeah. Blew. Well, Atlanta's going to be a problem too. You know, they came out. Trey Young couldn't make a shot the first couple games, but you saw what they've done the last couple games. Atlanta's going to be a problem, and they saw what they did at winning at Milwaukee. Well, uh, I like Murray quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you have, 41? Oh, we got good tweets, too, and emails about Pop, little cons- very concerned with uh, Wemby getting in foul trouble. So maybe That's another reason, more. yeah. Doesn't want to be banging down low and getting in foul trouble because he's so uh, thin and, and also doesn't concerned about that as well. But that's another thing. Between the turnovers and the foul trouble, that's something that could get him every single game. But still, it's, I, I want to see more blocks and I want to see more rebounds here out of him, especially with that Defensive Player of the Year award ticket yeah. with I, the future. But I, 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 it's I don't a mixed bag. I don't want to look down at halftime and uh, look at the box score, and Wembenyama is uh, one of six from three-point land. Yeah, I know. That's what I don't want to do. Yes, absolutely. So Get down low. They more play tonight. Fo- more of a focus down low. And you, I've been very impressed with the Suns. No doubt what they've done this far. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to be up 12 on the Lakers like that, and how well they looked offensively and what they did to take out Utah, excellent job by the Suns. Yeah, again, Booker's played one game. Beal has not made an appearance yet this year. Very good start. Uh, it's follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Up next, Brett McMurphy's going to join the program, College Football Insider at Action Network. What will the top four look like tonight in the first college football playoff show of the year? We'll ask him next here on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.